It's the Cavs Recruiting Roundup Podcast. Welcome to another great, informative show in the world of recruiting, brought to you by IlliniGuys.com. Today, our guest is Darren Bazzari, a former junior college coach at Blackhawk College in Moline, Illinois, now an assistant at Missouri S&T. Nearly 30 years of college coaching experience, during his time at Blackhawk, Coach Bazzari has sent 11 kids to the B1 level. Darren, thank you for being with us today. How are you? I'm doing good, Ken. Good talking to you as always. Well, hey, I want to jump in, you know, early, you know, with this right away. I have a, a couple of good questions for you. Um, you've been around the game for a long time. And one of the things that I've noticed is that I've been doing this for recruiting and you and I have been friends for a long time. The game has changed as far as recruiting. And now you see a lot of coaches who are utilizing the transfer portal. You know, today I looked at it, it was 1,200 kids in the Division One portal. There's not enough schools for those kids to go to. But how has that changed the game as far as like high school kids being able to get into Division One schools? I think it's changed a lot. Um, you know, and I think, you know, in some ways, Kendrick, I, I think people don't talk about it. It's helped some from the standpoint that at this time of year, the kids that were usually picked up late were the kids that usually were then the transfer casualties, you know, as, as schools were, were, were getting guys to fill in. And now I think in some ways, instead of grabbing that high school kid in the spring, I think schools are then looking at the portal as a one-year option or, you know, a, a two-year option as opposed to grabbing that developmental guy that, that is, that, that may or may not pan out. That was kind of a lottery ticket. So it's, it's hurting kids. It might be helping them down the road from the standpoint that that kid goes there and, and he's going to be, you know, he's going to be on the transfer for, you know, market the next year or two. Now we, we, we've kind of, you know, opened it and called it the transfer portal. Kids can, can make their one-time transfer. So I, I, it's, it's that kind of double-edged sword. It, it hurts them and it helps them at the same time uh, for ramifications down the road, I think, if that makes any sense. Oh, I can't hear you, kid. Uh, I'm sorry. So do you like that rule now where kids used to be, if a kid transferred, they sat out. Now they're eligible to play right away. I mean, do you like that rule? Uh, you know, I'm, as a coach, it's, it's tough for the standpoint that, you know, a kid can leave at any time for any reason. And I, I think that makes it more challenging at the same time. I think we have to recognize that before all, the coaches held all the power and too many times coaches bring guys in and run them out. And now a kid's got to sit a year. And I think, so I, I, I think it in good, in some instances, it's a good thing, you know, that it, it protects the kids to where, if somebody does bring them in and, and they run them out or there's a coaching change that that kid can go somewhere else where I think they always should have been able to leave if there was a coaching change without penalty. Um, at the same time as a coach, it's, it's hard to gauge because you're never really done recruiting because, you know, you know Jimmy might leave at any time to go and, and, and you know, it, it's, it's a game changer. There's no question about it. And I think, you're seeing people try to figure out the portal at all levels because there's different ins and outs. I think at, at all levels, you know, across division one, division two, even division three. And so 
I think as the game is evolving, I think this, this transfer portal is part of that evolution and it's going to take a few years, I think, to kind of have the dust settle out uh, with this being new that all the kids are going in. But remember, they only get the one-time free transfer. Right. And then they would have to graduate to get the second transfer. So it's – but it's definitely a game changer. I don't like it, but I'm a dinosaur. And, uh, you know, I like, I like to, to recruit and develop. Uh, and I think it's taken a lot of the development aspect out of it. You mentioned a word that's kind of a – it's a sore subject around the Twitter world today, running kids off. Can you elaborate on that? I mean, what, is, what does that mean to you, run a kid off? I mean, to me, it means kids probably not going to play. I want to use the scholarship or some coaches take it to a different level and just say, I want to get rid of you. I need somebody else in the turn. I mean, can you elaborate on that? It's, to me, running a kid off is basically just making the kid realize, hey, you're never going to play here. You're not welcome here, you know, and – uh, making it known that, Hey, we're going a different direction. And your know, coaches have been doing that for years. And I, I, I think some coaches more than others, I think there, it would be nice to have some accountability to where as a coach, make your valuation, stick, stick to your valuation of a kid, but you know, the rules in place are their one year scholarships and they can, most places just simply don't renew the scholarship. Um, and in, in, in some cases, that's simply not fair, uh, but it, it's the way the rules set up. And, you know, we all know different coaches at, at, at certainly the division one level that are notorious for, you know, having, having more kids transfer out every year. Sometimes that's because they're, they're basically in a polite way being shown the door. Hey, you're just never going to play here. And, right. uh, you know, I, I think, I think that, I think I think that's created the need for the immediate transfer in, in a lot of cases. And, you know, the NCAA was getting in in all sports in this garbage of, well, this kid gets an exemption, this kid doesn't. So I think they tried to kind of take the hands off and say, okay, hey, we're just giving everybody a free one, as opposed to the inconsistent, you know, this kid can transfer, but this kid's got to sit. And that wasn't right either. Okay, I got a, a question that is going to be tough for you. We talked a little bit off air, and I didn't prep you for this one, but I'm going to give you a cheat sheet. The Big Ten has not won a national title since 2000. And me personally, this is me, and I want to hear your opinion. And if yours is totally different, it's okay to be different because I think I'm right, and I hope you tell me something different. I think it becomes a guard game. When you look at the teams that are in the final four and final eight, I think the guard play is good. I also think the Big Ten has had some bad luck, and people hate when I or dislike when I use that term, because if you look back over the years of 2000, the Big Ten has had a lot of Final Four teams. There was Michigan State, there was Illinois, there was Wisconsin and Michigan, but they haven't gotten over the hump. And when I look at the Big Ten now and what it's become lately is a big man's game. And if you look at the All Big Ten team, Darren, there wasn't a pure point guard on that All Big Ten team. There were wings. You know, you know, two or three of those guys are going to probably be drafted in the first round. Then you had Luca Garza, Lash, and Kofi, who probably won't be first-round draft picks. Do you think it's become a guard game looking at the way those teams are playing right now with Kansas, North Carolina, Villanova? Yeah. Well, I think basketball has always been a guards game. And um, I, I think, you know, people get enamored with big guys. Uh, and this is – this is probably gonna gonna anger some of, of, of your 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 followers off that are, are Illinois fans, but I, but I'll throw my Iowa guy in there with Luke Garza. 
Luca Garza, Kofi Coburn, tremendous college basketball players. Everybody wants a guy like that. They aren't going in the first round in the NBA anymore. Nope. Keegan Murray is a lottery pick at six, eight, and it's a different game. And you look at Houston, you look at even St. Peter's, they don't have a true post player. You don't have to have a true post player. So I, I think what's happened is, as you said, that's where I thought Purdue had all the pieces, but you know, because they had Jay Nivey. I mean, you know, that you talk about a guy that can go, but, you know, there, there really aren't many dominant centers. And I think the Big Ten teams are recruiting and trying to put to beat Big Ten teams. And I don't think that style is working in the tournament. And so I think as a Big Ten coach, you get caught where are you trying to win your conference? You're trying to build for the tournament because if Brad Underwood says, hey, I'm going to recruit all six, eight guys, um, you know, his, his fan base is going, what are you doing? You've got to have a big guy to compete in the big 10, but I'm not sure that the success of big guys doesn't hurt, um, you know, in the tournament, you know, but then you have, you know, look at the guys that are, um, are still there tonight, you know, you know, your Bocott, uh, McCormick. So they're, they're, they're solid post players, but they're not centerpiece post players. Actually, I love that comment. I mean, I've never heard anybody make that comment before. You know, the way they recruit, they're recruiting to beat Big Ten teams. And But I look at Illinois right now because one of the things I do is the recruiting aspect. They're looking to change their whole roster. And looking at the kids that they're recruiting, they're looking to put a roster together like the Houston and because those teams are successful. Um, a lot of fans <laughs> understand this, but I know you and Coach, assist, Illinois assistant basketball coach Jeff Alexander are friends. And you guys have talked in, and you guys have met over the years. And we talked previously, a lot of people were kind of frustrated with how things were done or how they felt Coach Underwood should have done things differently. Your take on that was amazing to me. So I want the fans out there who are listening to this podcast to hear your take about how they could use Kofi and what they could or couldn't do. Because I think it sheds a different light for people to understand why Underwood did what he did and why they do what they do. Well, I just, you know, Kofi is a special talent and he's a, he's a great college player. He, he's just, he's a force inside. The problem is in some ways he limits what you can do offensively because he's a, he's a post player. He's not going to step out and shoot the basketball. So when you say, okay, what do you want them to adjust to? What, what's the adjustment you want them to make? And you can say, well, you know, well, have them go out and set ball screens. Well, great, but the guards aren't shooting the ball well enough to make somebody go over a screen. So go ahead and put Kofi 25 feet from the basket. I'm going to drop cover with him. I'm going to go under the screen. If, if they want to, if the Illinois guards wanted to, wanted to shoot threes over top of the screen, I'll live with that. Um, you know, so outside of that, I mean, you're – you know, so now when Kofi posts, and, and I thought they did a great job making adjustments, uh, different entries to get him the basketball. Right. But the reality is when you have a post player, you, you now you now have a part of the lane you can't drive to because you always have help there in the in the post area. And you don't you don't have the cutters, you don't have the backdoor cutters. You you can't play Kofi at the high post. So as much as he helps you offensively he does limit the different things you can do if you're not going to shoot the ball well. 
And that's the reality is you got to shoot the ball. And like I told somebody, unless there was some magical offense where you can shoot 26% from the, the, the three and, and Hey, you could get open layups driving to the basket. I, you know, I'd love to see that, but mm-hmm. I just didn't see what adjustments you can make. Sometimes the adjustment Kendrick is you got to make shots <laughs> and yep. you know, I, I I mean, I'm an Iowa fan. And honestly, I thought Iowa was more set up for a tournament run this year than they have been. When you looked at the pieces they had, they had a game they didn't shoot the ball and, and they got knocked out. And that is, that's the name of the game. Unless you can have a couple, three of these six, seven, six, eight athletes that are going to be able to get to the rim or you're going to be able to turn up defensively. And, and there, you know, there's different ways to play but you have to have those pieces to do it. And it's hard to make adjustments like that in the NSA tournament. I am so glad to hear you say that because people tune me out and they get deaf ears when I try to tell them. Sometimes you just have to make shots. When you look at Iowa, I agree with you. Iowa had a team this year. They didn't shoot the ball like that all season. It was, well, especially in the last 12 or 14 games. And one game, Painful. one game, yeah. they did that. And it cost them, you know, a loss in the tournament. So, I mean, at some point, like you said, even with Illinois, it just, it's, you can have all the X's and O's and sure, you know, the defense travels. Fran did an amazing job defensively this year because the knock on him was teams didn't always guard. They guarded this year. I just think they got a, I think they got a bad luck. I don't think, and that team was obviously good um, because they could score, but Iowa just couldn't make shots. And at the end of the day, you know, that can haunt any team. You know, you look at the national championship game, one team doesn't make shots and they shoot 20%. doesn't mean the best team is always going to win. Well, look at, at Kansas. The, the closest game they had was when Obaji didn't make shots, didn't take shots, didn't make them. And now all of a sudden you're in a dogfight, but they had Remy Martin be able to step up. So, you know, I, I just I think, you know, people forget the nature of that tournament. And, uh, you know, everybody loves the upsets. Everybody loves the underdog. Look who the final four is. Villanova, Kansas, Duke, and North Carolina. Blue so, it, you know, it, and – why are they blue bloods? Because they're getting, they're getting, you know, top guys and a multitude of top guys. So somebody goes down there, they have guys to step in and, and uh, so, yeah, I mean, the nature of the tournament, you have a bad game and, and, and you're out and it's, it's easy to have a bad game when you're playing good teams. Last question for you, for, before I let you go, you're right. You, um, you know, you've obviously followed college basketball because you're a coach. Um, and you and Iowa this year, Iowa had a special year. And this is one of Fran's best coaching jobs, I think, considering the fact that he lost Luca Garza. How does the future look for Iowa moving forward? And what do you think the job of Fran is doing in Iowa, considering what the other schools are doing in the Big Ten? You know, as you said, I, I to me, easily the best year that the best coaching job I think he's done. When you look at, you know, they lost four guys that were starters at the beginning of the year a year ago. And to come in, everybody thought they're eighth and ninth. And, you know, and, and I thought they were, you know, by the end of the day, they were playing as well as anybody. Um, you know, when you look at what he's been able to do over the years as far as developing, um, and it's, it's crazy, fan bases, and I get it. You know, everybody's got all the answers. But when you look at, you know, Luca Garza, how much better he got. Keegan Murray, you know, people say, well, that's not Fran, that's – well, at some point, there's a common denominator in you know, Aaron White, some of those guys that come in there, and he, he has a system that allows kids to play. Um, you know, the knock's always been defensively. 
this year they guarded. It was the first time I've seen them really guard uh, when it mattered. And, you know, so I, I like the pieces they have coming back. Um, you know, I think, you know, probably anywhere in that five to, you know, four to seven range, probably next year, I think is realistic if they play well. Um, but, you know, every year is different. And again, with the, in the portal, the portal era, you're going to have some teams get better. Some teams drop off and, and NIL makes a big difference too, kid. Let's not kid, or, kid ourselves. Uh, that's been, that's been as big of a game changer as, as the portal. And so, um, you know, I just think it's an era where each year you're going to have different, different teams, but I think the big 10 is always going to be a lot of fun. I do. And the NIL is going to be another uh, time for another show. I like that because you're right. Some teams have big pocketbooks where it depends upon what state and city you live in. And that will give some teams some advantages over, over some of the other ones. Yeah, and sometimes it's how good your football program is. Your is your is is your booster money going to the football program? Is it going to basketball, or or do you have a, a, a deep enough booster well to give it to both? I had I had somebody that I had talked to and said in his conference he thought they needed two point seven million a year in, in, as as a pot of money for NIL, and uh, you know that's that's a big chunk of change. I mean, let's face it, and not everybody's gonna. You, you, you got to decide, are you going to play with that, you know, or are we, are we going to get a couple? I mean, it's basically salary cap and uh, you know, so the NIL has been a game changer and, and in a good way, but again, it's changing the landscape and people are going to have to adjust to that too. All right. Okay. We're going to wrap this up here real quick because I know you got to get back on the recruiting trail, trail here. Fans, make sure you subscribe to Kids Recruiting Roundup. We'll have recruiting information for you all, all year long. Also, if you don't have a membership, please go to IlliniGuys.com. We definitely have you covered for the most up-to-date and current recruiting information on Illini Sports. Coach Bazzari, thank you again. You were great to have. I appreciate you being on Kids Recruiting Roundup. Kid, good talking to you anytime. Take Thanks, care, buddy. my friend.